Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston sits down for a conversation with a couple of Heartlight's teens. For the past two decades, Heartlight has become the country's premier residential counseling center and boarding school for struggling teens. Founded in 1998 by Mark Gregston and his wife Jan, Heartlight is a program that not only modifies behavior, but one that seeks to offer a unique transformative journey through a relational experience that offers counseling, small group therapy, academics, and activities. We hope you find encouragement as you listen to these stories today. Laura, thank you for coming and being a part. I, there's very few people that I get to look at that I go, um, it's just amazing to me how much of a transition there's been in your life. You're not the same person when you first got here. Do you see yourself as being any different? Yeah, I think I've made a lot of changes. Like? Like a lot of behavioral stuff, not running away or walking off or cussing on staff all the time anymore. That used to be a frequent thing that I would do. Was that kind of a normal thing? Yeah. Was the same thing going on at home before yeah. you got here? Yeah, I wouldn't run away, but I'd just like walk out of the house or just like yell at my parents if they just told me to do something. Like it was just wow. it was bad. Okay, so what was going on that kind of caused all of that, that made that start to happen within your family? Um, well, I was struggling a lot with depression, and I didn't really know until I was, like, 13, but it started when I was, like, 10. Wow. And so I started going to counseling when I was, like, 13, and that's when I found out, and I think I just kind of freaked out and would blame everything on that. Wow. And then um, my parents started, like, becoming more, like, strict with me, and I didn't like that, so I started, like, rebelling against them. And things okay, just— Okay, so, so the older you got, the more strict they were becoming? Yeah. They were like, because I would rebel more the older I got, so the more they'd put down more rules to try and help me, like, mm. like get in place. But I'd just break them. So rebel against what? Like if they told me like I wouldn't, I wasn't allowed to like go out with my friends. I just go out anyway, against like their rules of like giving my phone in at a certain time. I just like just like yell at them and keep it, or like just like being spend time with my family. I'd just be in my room. Wow. Stuff. So what do you think was causing all that? I mean, depression's an easy answer, mm-hmm. but have you gotten beyond that and seen something different? That you go, okay, there was something even driving the depression? Yeah, I think it was because, um, well, I'm adopted for one, so I have a lot of like abandonment issues and like attachment issues. So when I feel like they're like leaving me or like in a sense like letting go or giving up, I just like get really mad and... I also, when I was 12, I got molested by my uncle, so that caused a lot of, like, anger and, like, self-hate. Well, okay, let, let's go Let's go back a little bit. You say abandonment issues. What's an abandonment issue? Uh, to me, I think it's, like, when you feel... I feel like when you feel like everyone's just going to leave you, mm-hmm. so you form, like, trust issues... And, like, you don't want to open up to people because you feel like they're just going to leave in the They're going to leave anyway, so yeah. might as well forget it. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think is at the core of that? Um, 
like the core of yeah like the beginning of of that lack of trust or the feeling that they're going to abandon you do, you, do you think that really goes back to your adoption I mean, I would say so, but I feel like it also has to do with, like, in the past, like, trusting people than them, like, breaking my trust or leaving mm. when I really, like, confided in them a lot and they just took it for granted or yeah, just yeah, left yeah. me. So do you do you think the issue of, of being given up for adoption, does that linger with you a lot? Do you think about that a lot or— not as much anymore. I feel like when I was old enough to process what, like, what my parents told me, and like, because I look a lot different from my family because they're all white, and I'm like white, but not like I don't look like them. Like my skin's different and all that. When I finally realized, well, you got a beautiful tone to your skin. I mean, <laughs> more than us white people. I mean, so that's a good thing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I feel like when I realized, and my mom like finally told me, I like when I processed it, I was like, um, wait, I lost my train of thought. That's um, right. Wait, what were no, I, I mean, just about the abandonment. And, you know, do you oh. did you think about it that much? Oh, yeah. When I was old enough to process it, I feel like I really thought about it a lot. And my, my mom would just drift off and think about it. But as I, like, went through counseling and, like, yeah. talked about work through issues with my family, it doesn't really, like, phase me as much Okay, anymore. so when you thought about it, what did you think about? I would think, like, a lot of negative thoughts and just be like, oh, like— they, my birth mom like didn't love me even though I was adopted when I was born so she didn't even get a chance to like love yeah, yeah, I just yeah. like overthink it all and like I know it was really hard for her but I'd be like oh she didn't care like and I think like she just gave it to like my family because she didn't want me I'd think of like all these negative thoughts that weren't true yeah well I mean the, the issue of being abandoned or given up yeah that did happen mm -hmm. it's interesting to me Have I mean have you thought about Wanting to meet your birth mother or anything? I have. Like, my parents will ask me and be like, oh, do you want to meet her? And I'm like, I mean, if I get the chance to, I'd like to. But I feel like I wouldn't go, like, to the biggest sense to meet her. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. So you're rebelling. You're, you're, you're doing what you want to do. Friends become really important to you. And, mm -hmm. and so what else was going on? Uh, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety at the time, too. I get anxiety still over the very little things, and I'll overthink a lot of things. And I was dealing with um, suicidal thoughts, not as much self-harm. I deal with the self-harm thoughts, but I wouldn't, like, self-harm mm. myself. Yeah, but yeah. I was dealing with a lot of negative thoughts and conflict with my parents, the drama at school, not doing really good in school because mm. I just didn't care at that point. And, yeah, so... So when your parents said, "Hey, we got to do something. Um, you're not going to be at home. I think it's time to go to Heartlight." How did you respond? I think honestly, I took it a lot better than I thought I would because mm. I, I didn't know that was coming like at all. It was just like a huge shock thing, and I think I was more like in shock to like react at all. Like wow. I just cried a lot, and I I didn't like try to like act against it yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't try to like run away or like anything because I just didn't want to make things worse for myself I yeah. was like I'm already because they described it to me as like a boarding school and they said I could like I they said it was like a little bit and like for not for like a year yeah, yeah but yeah. like and then she took me to like a counseling office with my counselor at the time to tell me um, mm. So she, I was like, well, I have my phone. Will I get to see my friends? She was like, I don't know. So it gave me like, <laughs> it gave me like hope that maybe yeah. I, it would, wouldn't be like this and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I didn't try to like act against it at all. I um, 
just kind of went with it, and I was like, I don't want to make things worse for myself. So, did you I'm think? Just go. Did you think somebody else was abandoning you again? Kind of. I thought like there. Well, it wasn't. I don't know. I like kind of thought, oh, you kind of brought this on yourself. Like mm. you were acting pretty bad. Like I think something needed to happen. Like on the flight over here from the first time I was like thinking about it because I was with my dad because I was so mad at my mom. Mm. Like I was so mad. Like I didn't even, I don't even remember saying bye to her. I was really mad. And so my dad took me and I just remember thinking like, how could this happen to me? Like I never expected this to happen to me ever. Like why would she do this to me? Does she really not like love me? Just like all of those thoughts went into my head. Wow. When you look back at that time, how do you, are you embarrassed? Do you think you were justified? Um, I'm kind of embarrassed that really? I acted that way and thought, thought even thought that about my parents because I've realized now that they only did this because they care about me and like they wanted to actually have a relationship with me and yeah. they love me, but it did take a long time for me to realize yeah. that. Okay, so you've lived in an environment for how many months? 13. 13 months. You haven't had a phone. Has that been a good thing? Yeah. Why? I think that I was very dependent on my phone and like very not like addicted, but very like, yeah, like addicted. Why do you like think addicted. you were? Um, kind of wait, what? Why Addic- do you think you were addicted? Oh, probably because I didn't want to like spend time with my family at all, and so I just like isolate and go on my phone and like I always like wanted to know what was going on in like my friend's life because I think I cared about them a lot more than I did about myself and my family and like because of my anxiety I'd get like a notification from someone I'd be like oh I have to answer it right away what if it's Hmm. bad yeah so I'd like that on it yeah wow okay so now you're thinking about that it's time to go home Mm -hmm. it's time to be back home Uh, are your parents excited about that they are, yeah. yeah. It's been like I was supposed to graduate in October, mm. and that chain went to December, and then I got a level five and it got denied, and there's just been so many like bumps in the road that I feel like right now I'm really discouraged to go home. And I feel like it's like so far away, when it's really like my goal is February right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So. And I think that's a great goal. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that, but in the place I'm at right now I just got moved down so that why'd you get moved down cell farm oh yeah that's yeah I feel like I got moved down before from south to old lodge in like um March I think and that I handled that a lot different than I'm handling this yeah I like would kind of like everything I used to do I'd walk off and freak out and just yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of rebel against everything but with this I feel like I'm taking it a lot better good so that's so improvement love your parents yeah now I do now but you didn't no I didn't I thought that they like were just hating me and trying to do everything to make my life bad and just putting in rules to make wow. me mad and wow. But I realize now that they were just doing it to make me a better person and yeah. protect yeah. me out of anything, and I do really love them now. That's cool. That's cool. What well, I know that they would be proud of you, and they are proud of you, just for the changes you've made. And I can't wait for you to get home and and get to you know kind of start a whole new life of, of something completely different. Yeah, I'm excited too. Cool. Well, look, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Sharing your heart and telling us about your life a little bit. Yeah, no problem. Cool.
moms, dads, and grandparents are all part of a journey that will change the destiny of their families. And that journey can be changed for the better. Mark Gregston has written three books that will help encourage relationships, strengthen marriages, and help all moms, dads, and grandparents out there stay focused on what truly matters. For moms, Prayers for My Teen, a book of prayers and devotionals to help them stay anchored. For fathers, a devotional for dads, a series of devotions to help them protect their marriage and encourage their children. And finally, Grandparenting Today's Teens is a resource for any grandparent who wants to connect to their teen grandchildren in a meaningful way. Moms, Dads, and Grandparents, three books that can help change them all and change the course of their family's future. You can order Prayers for My Teen, a devotional for dads, and Grandparenting Today's Teens by visiting parentingteenresources.org. Annalise, thanks for coming in and sitting down. Tell me, uh, tell me a little bit. I'm looking across at somebody with these beautiful eyes and a big smile on your face, and it wasn't like that when you first got here, was right. it? Mm-mm. What was going on? You know, I think there were just a lot of things. Um, I hated my parents, smoking a lot, drinking a lot. I just, I think I felt lost. Okay, so what do you think was behind all that? I mean, the, the hating your parents and, and you know, drinking and smoking and what, what was going on? I think, you know, there were things that happened um, kind of when we were in D.C. and just, just things there that were said. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just said kind by... of by my parents oh, and, okay. you know, things they didn't mean. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was just a lot of pain and hurt on on my side to them and on yeah. their side to me. So So you moved. I mean, you moved from Washington D.C. to Lubbock, Texas. Well, we we actually I was born and raised in Lubbock, Texas and then we moved to D.C. and then moved back. Oh, okay. Okay. So. And the move was just hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just hard on our whole family. Why is that? I think you know, we had we had lived in this place where we grew up. We mm. knew everybody. We we had friends. We had family. And then we moved to this place. We didn't know anybody. We we didn't have like well, a good community, and it was just yeah, it was just hard. Okay, you know? so what was what was spinning inside of you that caused you to start doing all that stuff? I think in the beginning it was peer pressure, almost just mm. me wanting to find these friends and make them, you know, impress them. And I, I think that's where it started. And it, it led to me just using these things to just cope with. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever get to a point where you were going, okay, I got to quit doing this? Or was it, this isn't good for me? Or did you feel guilty at any time? Or when you went to sleep at night, you're going, uh, was it any of that, or was it just, it doesn't matter? You know, I, always in the back of my head, there, the friends I was hanging out, the people I was with, I, I always thought in the back of my head, like, I don't, I don't want to go down this path that they're going down. Mm. They, they're going nowhere in life. Yeah. But, but it was just like, I didn't want to stop, and I was just like, well, I mean, you know, 
I'll stop later. I'll, you know, later in life when I actually have a job, when yeah, I yeah, go to yeah. college. And it was, yeah. it was, it just got to the point where I was like, you know, I, I was watching everything fall mm. apart in my life. And yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. like, well, I can smoke some weed. I can drink, you know. You think you just got caught up in it and it didn't matter anymore. And so you would do more. And then when you started to feel a sense of guilt that you just started to do more and started to do more to kind of run from that? Definitely. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so your parents, I mean, you guys are falling apart. I mean, do you get along with your parents now? Uh, Yes. Yeah, okay. And they're kind of fun. I I mean, the time I've spent with them, I kind of like them. I'm going, (laughs) I really like your mom and dad. I think your mom's hilarious Mm -hmm. and your your dad's a, a kick. And, I mean, I just... And I go, so when you look at that, what do you feel about getting to a point where you hated your parents? I think, you know, things my mom would say and, Mm. you know, ways my dad would act. And I I think it just became where I was like, they're the enemy. These are the people I'm fighting against. And, And they don't want me to be happy they don't want me to be, you know, good. And it, it was almost like I think I was in that. I, I was victimizing myself mm. as if, you know, I was the person being hurt. I was the person, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. being told all these things when in reality I think I was just selfish. Yeah. You think they could have done anything different? You know, I think in the beginning – you know, from eighth grade to about freshman year, I think, they they were very, like, restrictive of us. And, you mm. know, we, you know, they they took our phones, you know, we had to fight to get them back. And it, it was just, like, <laughs> this this battle with them that could never be won. And, and I, I feel like I think hatred sprung from that. Wow. But I, I really do think I, I saw a change in them hmm. years before Heartlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me ask you this. Here, there's a couple of things. One, that you would fight to get your phones back, that you hated them for taking them away, and you were saying that you were smoking and doing things because you didn't want to lose the friend. Evidently, friends are very important to you. Yeah, I think so. Do you think kind of a driving force in your life? I think... In the beginning it was, yeah. especially like in Virginia when I was trying to find these friends. Yeah. But I think once I got back to Lubbock and the people I thought were my friends and I grew up with weren't weren't there for me anymore and, and didn't mm. really want anything to do with me, it was just kind of like, well, you know, the people that cared about me most, they all smoked weed. They all drank. You're just trying to find somebody to connect with. Yeah, I think so. Well, do you think that your generation has a little bit different perspective on communication and phones and relationships and all that? Oh, 100%. In what way? I think, you know, my parents, they always tell us, you know, we we had, you know, block phones and Everybody was always on the line. Our parents could cut us off. <laughs> and it was just kind of like now we have access to social media and yeah. talking to friends whenever we want. And I think it's completely different. Than yeah, okay. So so you come to Heartlight mm-hmm. and you develop relationships with people here. What have you found about relationships? 
there's so much more to them than than I ever thought there was. Mm. I I mean, there's more to people, and you you know I I just realize how surface level the relationships I had, and how how my friendships was based around having fun, and and that you know. If I was like, man, I don't know if I should do this. They were like, no, like, you'll be fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I just think for a long time I thought, you know, friendships are people who just love you and want to be around you and want to have fun. And I've realized here that, that there's so much more. It's about, it's about being with them in the hard times mm. and about holding them accountable mm. even when it's hard. Telling them things that they may not want to hear in the moment. Yeah. And I, I just, I'm thankful for the relationships I've gotten to have here. Wow. And you haven't had a phone. And you haven't had access to social, right. you know, communications and networking. Mm-hmm. And you haven't had the pressures of that. And not that I'm against that. I'm, I'm not an anti-world right. or anti-tech kind of guy. But I do think it's interesting to watch because... You have so many friends here, it's unbelievable, and everybody loves you. I mean, it's, to me, I go, I don't hear anybody going, wow, oh, that Annalise, gosh, she's a jerk. <laughs> I don't hear that. And it's and it's funny to me the depth of relationships that you've created here in the absence of the way everybody else creates relationships. And that's the one thing I hear over and over and over about everybody at Heartlight, how mm-hmm. you've grown to love one another. So that's been kind of cool. Yeah. And I think on the phone thing, it's it's kind of like I don't I don't miss it. I don't miss having social media or having yeah. that pressure on me. Yeah, it, I don't miss it. Even though I, you know, when I got here, I was like, oh yeah, I'm totally gonna miss you know <laughs> talking to people online, you know, taking pictures, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I don't. Yeah. I don't miss it at all. Oh, cool. Cool. Hey, well, look, thanks for coming in, sharing your story, and, and telling us a little bit about you. Thank you so much for being a part. And the orange on you just looks unbelievable. Well, thanks. It looks really good. Thanks. Thanks. You bet. All right. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.